0: Welcome to Dental Brain Crops. I'm your host, Chelsea Myers, and today I'm joined with Scott Haberman. He's a CPA and partner at Bailey. Scott, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me, Chelsea. I'm excited to be here and uh, looking forward to catching up.
0: Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. So tell me a little background on you. Did you always know that you wanted to be in finance? How did you get interested in becoming a CPA?
1: Oh, yeah. Right in grade school, you know, I had my 10 key and my visor and I was very excited (laughs) to get into uh, the accounting world. No, uh, I kind of fell into (laughs) it uh, during college, uh, just started taking accounting courses and the whole language of a business got me pretty excited and interested. And it clicked uh, clicked right away. And so I stuck on that course and uh, got into public accounting with one of those big four firms out of school and traveled around quite a bit. And then I decided I was enough traveling. Uh, I wanted to set up shop. I was in Seattle at the time and uh, spent majority of my career there uh, honing my skills with a regional firm serving a lot of business professionals and other service providers. And so I made my way out to Colorado and I've been out here in Fort Collins for the past, uh, past six years. And it's been a great great place uh for for my family and i to enjoy the consistent sunshine and and it's september 2nd right now and it's about 95 degrees today and it's been (laughs) that way for the last week and will be for the next week so it's a big uh it's a big change from the seattle market excited to be here
0: yeah i bet i bet so were you working in dental out in seattle or is that a change when you moved to colorado
1: it was it was a it was a change, uh, kind of right when I moved to Colorado. So so Seattle's market is a big uh, startup world, as you as you can imagine, with a lot of tech companies, mm-hmm. a lot of real estate developers, and uh, manufacturers over there. And so we served a lot of the clients in that market. Uh, I was helping a few uh, dentists on the side, uh, pro bono, uh, family members and friends. And when I eventually uh, made my way out to Colorado. I, uh, I told these family and, and friends, hey, let's, let's do it uh, on the record. Let me help you out because uh, they've had you know, their, their experiences with, with prior CPAs and um, they had a lot of other friends who are needing some assistance and weren't getting the, the expertise and some of the handholding that they really needed in their first couple of years of their practice. And so that's when I launched uh, full-time into dentistry and uh, have stuck with it ever since. And so I serve primarily uh, growing entrepreneurial uh, docs and their practices anywhere from California to to upstate New York. So clients are all over the country. I really enjoy uh, the personalities that I get to uh, uh, work with from a day-to-day basis, you know, their dreams and their excitement for growth, their challenges. It's very similar to ours. And in the accounting industry, it's all about people, right? It's all about your patients, mm-hmm. your clients, and it's all about your staff. And so it's a people business. Uh, but we just bring different levels of expertise and service uh, with our clients. Um, so it's a fun space to be in. There's a lot that you can do to help docs grow and point them out to landmines that they might step on <laughs> and try to just be be their advocate, be their advisor, and just be their friend and be near uh, for them to to talk to. And so it's a pretty, pretty fun space and I wouldn't choose anything differently.
0: Yeah, I'm with you a hundred percent. I love working with dentists and dental executives. It's, it's a really fun industry to be in, but you're touching on some important things. So tell me a little bit more about that client journey. So presumably, um, Getting a CPA involved as soon as possible, that that's a widely accepted idea. But what does that look like? And you mentioned landmines and um, opportunities to grow. So can we go both directions? Tell me a little bit about the landmines and things yeah. to avoid. And then I'd love to hear more about growing and how we approach that.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I'm not trying to toot my own horn about being a dental specialist, but I think a lot of docs out there in the first couple of years will hire a CPA or a bookkeeper um, to essentially, you know, do their work. But this person's their their family friend, right? And so they might do uh, hairstylist uh, re- tax work. They might do some manufacturing here and there. So, so what I've seen Doc struggle with is, hey, my my accountant doesn't understand my business. Um, they're not helping me with the HHS provider relief funds or the employee retention credit, or they don't know about how research and development applies to my industry. Um, so I think that that's a big issue where there's a lot of opportunities that are missed in your first couple of years of running your business. And just having that person who, you know, is isn't putting numbers in boxes. I, I hate putting numbers in boxes. I don't like doing mm-hmm. tax returns. It's part of the job. But I think the more exciting part is actually uh, guiding that business to be the point where they know that they're in a good spot, the best spot possible for tax purposes and for business purposes. Um, just knowing about profitability levels. Hey, how do I compare to my peer group? Um, am I overspending over here? Uh, so mm-hmm. those are the conversations that I like to have. That I think can really change folks. You know, after you know, after they've seen, okay, I've been being served by the CPA down the road, and it's not really working because I see there's some lost opportunities here. Um, and so those are the issues that I see It's just the missed opportunities right off the bat and they add up over time. So, um, there's a lot of dental CPAs out there. There's some good, good people in the marketplace. So, you know, if you're not working with somebody that does strictly dental, I'd really recommend considering it. Um, because I think there is uh, a lot of meat on the bone that is being left out there for, for tax reasons and, uh, just being able to guide you and become a better practice.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So getting someone who's really knowledgeable in the space involved is important. And then let's say I've got, I've got that. What does it look like? How does the relationship change as I go to grow from one to two to four practices?
1: Mm -hmm. So as, as docs, you know, you're not coming out of dental school, learning how to read a financial statement, right? And so you, you come out with this great expertise on how to serve patients um, and how to take care of them, which is primary number one focus for a doc. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a business owner, you don't get the training on how to read your financials or how to you know have these discussions uh, with CPAs or with attorneys. Uh, you don't know the right questions to ask. And that's why you got to line up with someone who knows that business. And so. You know, having those financial statements from your you know, accountant um, on a day-to-day basis, or what we'd like to do is get those monthly financials pretty close after month end is, hey, let's take a look at your financials. Um, and it's not just, okay, revenue and expenses. It's really breaking them out and understanding, hey, what are you spending on supplies? Is this comparable to market and um, your peer group or where you want to go? What should it be? What can we do to lower that? Uh, what about labs? What about payroll? That's a big part of your overall spend for the month, just really managing your overhead and getting that under control because I see that some docs have seventy percent overhead and they're just working their fingers off every day um, and it's a hard industry on your body, and you know you can't do that for forty years uh it's gonna break you down physically um, so you know how do we manage your overhead and increase that profit margin and get you uh, to the point that you want to be as a practice owner, just so mm-hmm. you can have less time in the chair and more time you know, managing your business. So having a quality uh, financial statement where you can compare period to period, year to year and having those discussions with your CPA or business advisors is super important to get you to the next level.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Gosh, and it's also just a relief having someone who understands it as well as you do, or another advisor, so that you don't feel like you're on your own because it can be really daunting, particularly when you understand what you're looking at, but you don't know how to apply it towards your goals.
1: Right, absolutely, huh? absolutely. Especially when you're scaling and and say you open the second location. Okay, first location is doing great. We're gonna open second location. Well, we got a see what that second location is doing we know from the practice management software hey what are the collections what are the services we're providing the second location but what's the overall spend in that second location so sometimes i see uh those all the locations are combined into into one profit and loss statement so you can't really break it out and see how you're doing office by office so really having something simple as separate credit cards for each of the offices separate Bank accounts for each of the offices so you can understand what's my spend on a month to month basis by office. So important, just so you can have that financial clarity to get to that next level.
0: Yeah, and the peace of mind because, you know, when we were growing our practices, you're right, there is that, there's that piece. And then there's also the component of I'm only seeing from my lens, but having someone like (laughs) you who's seen, you know, hundreds of other operations and how they're doing it, um, you, you may be able to foresee or understand things that I don't just because this is my only experience doing it. So Mm -hmm. I really love that aspect of it. Tell me what are some of the, um, you know, you and I beforehand were talking about taxes. What are some of the tax strategies that are relevant now in dental today that may not have been before?
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and and we were talking about this. You know, financials aren't really a sexy topic. It's not really a hot topic <laughs> in the dental industry, but it's important, right? Because if you have your bankers asking you, "Hey, I need a quarterly statement. I need this or that, so we can, uh, you know, make sure that we're meeting those loan covenants." They're important as you're growing. Maybe as a single doc, you're, you're not really having to meet those covenants, but as you keep growing, you got to have quality financials. And if the balance sheet isn't right, the p and isn't right, you know, they can mm-hmm. tell. And so you want to make sure that that quality it meets their requirements and their needs, uh, because the access to capital is, is very important as you're trying to scale, as everyone knows. Um, so that's a big deal. But then there's also the tax side, right? Okay. So, you know, CPA's job is to you know, make sure that you're doing things uh, you know, correctly, in front of the IRS, but also uh, I like to tell clients is, you know, be aggressive, but don't be abusive, right? And so work within the lines of of the IRS, uh, the Internal Revenue Code and regulations, but also there's regulations out there that allow you to take advantage of numerous uh, potential options that are out there. And over the last couple of years, things were changing 100 miles an hour, right? When COVID shut down, there was a ton of legislation that came out March of 2020, so PPP loans and employee retention credits and so forth, you know that really accelerated the change. It was really affecting the industry where you know folks were probably riding off their home office in their car before, but uh, nothing really changed in the last you know 10 or, or 20 years in the dental industry. And so now we had the PPP loans that came out. So there's a ton of cash that was infusing our docs businesses, and then also you know the HHS provided relief funds. Um, they kept on pumping more out in round two, three, four, if you uh, mm-hmm. qualified. And so, you know, how do you report those items correctly? You know, thankfully, we're kind of past the PPP uh, revolving wheel of, uh, of rule changes. But then also, you know, as part of Trump's second passing of uh, legislation in December of 2020, and that opened the doors to the employee retention credit because most docs took the PPP loan. When that first Mm -hmm. legislation came out, it was one or the other, and the PPP loan uh, always made better sense nine times out of 10 because uh, it was tax-free money, and then also uh, you, you had these standards where they weren't as tight as employee retention credit, and so when that second legislation passed, it opened it up to you can use both of them now rather than one or the other. And then it also loosened up the rules for claiming these employee retention credits. And they're pretty substantial out there for practices. Um, number one, it's it's beneficial for cash infusion into your business. And number two, um, you can use it to potentially grow and keep scaling your practice. Um, so those are pretty important. And the dollar figures on those are extremely high. So it's on an employee count. So the amount of the credit It's $5,000 per employee for 2020. And then they open it up in 2021 uh, to be $7,000 per employee per quarter. And so Mm -hmm. if you have um, 10 employees, you can do the multiplication. You know, that adds up to a lot of money. Um, So down the road, you can apply for these funds and receive a lot of cash in. It's taxable income, but the kicker is... um, it's gonna take about six to nine months to receive it from the IRS because they're so slow. Um and that's the bummer part of about it. So that's something that every doc out there should look into. And there's a couple of tests to get that money. It's either a revenue decrease test or there's some other you know gray area where it's uh you know essentially a government standard that are put into place during a certain time period that might have affected your production. You might be still making the same money but you might have had to increase your office hours. Or say you had to, you know, keep your operatories open for 15 minutes between patients. No one can go in there, and so there's certain standards that states or counties would put in place that you could capture some of these credits. So, you know, have your payroll company or CPA look into this, you know, before you get too far into 2023, because I believe it expires in 2024 uh, to be able to go mm-hmm. back and capture these credits. So that's a big deal that every doc out there should look into. Um, California, I think that they kind of got. The short end of the stick, because from my understanding, working with our ERC team, um, the government had recommendations, but they never had requirements uh, for certain uh, shutdown rules. There could be counties out there that are more tight, but the ones that we looked into, uh, they, they were pretty, uh, pretty limited in their uh, requirements. So um, check with your advisor and, and ask about the ERC funds because it's a big deal and it's, it's money on the table that you can apply for.
0: Wow. That's so interesting. I'd not heard of that. And I'm not sure that I would (laughs) have.
1: It's a, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a big, I think it's pretty, it's being talked about quite a bit in the last week. Um, so, uh, for our larger practices, I think we got them, um, you know, $750,000, uh, for, uh, over the two years, you know, close to a million dollars for another five location practice. And so it's a, it's a lot of money that's on the table. You know, after taxes mm-hmm. say in your 30% bracket, it's $700,000, but still at $700,000, you didn't have before from that, a million dollar credit. So pretty big deal out there.
0: Wow. So interesting. Okay. What else? Tell me more.
1: So another item that's been pretty, uh, pretty hot over the last couple of years is the research and development tax credit. And so that's been an item that's been around the tax code since, I believe, the 1980s. And it's mostly been captured by manufacturers and uh, tech startups where, you know, they're dealing with some kind of uncertainty in their process or the product that they're developing. And so over the last couple of years, we really looked into it, our research and development tax group, uh, to see if this applies to our dental practices, because a lot of our dental practices have internal labs at least some of those larger groups do they have some internal labs and they're uh dealing with a lot of say night uh you know the night guards and then also implants and designing you know certain products within their house where there is some kind of uncertainty in the process and that Mm -hmm. product and so it's really a payroll uh credit because most of the credit uh, is built off of the payroll that goes into developing that product. So all the doctor wages, assistant wages, and so forth. So if you have a uh, high amount of wages in your practice and you're developing you know certain procedure or uh, doing certain procedures in your practice um, and have a high enough count, it really makes sense to look into this tax credit. And it's a pretty big deal. Um, you know, most average practice, if they're doing about, say, 2 million of revenue, there might be a 10 to $20,000 uh, income tax credit. It's not a deduction, it's a credit. And so if your mm-hmm. tax bill is 100,000 bucks at the end of the year, that knocks it down to $80,000. So it's a pretty mm-hmm. it's a pretty big deal, puts a dent in the the tax bill and taxes are just another overhead item, you know, for a business owner, right? So you want to try to minimize that overhead item and keep cash in your practice or, you know, more in your pocket uh, personally. And that's the goal uh us uh advisors out there to try to to try to do as much as we can for our clients uh so they understand they're in the best spot possible.
0: Wow, thank you. That is such a that's such an informational I feel like I just walked away with my own brand new education. Yeah <laughs> look into yeah. these things. There's a yeah, lot really of areas pumped. out
1: there for sure. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. Uh now switching gears just a little bit so um a couple of my friends Mark Costas and uh Sport is they're putting uh a big thing together, and you're going to be there, right? Tell me more about that event.
1: Yeah, so that's a it's a pretty a pretty cool event where you know these two great minds, Perrin and and uh, and Mark, are putting their heads together, and it's really directed towards uh, docs who are trying to scale from clinician to CEO. So how do you get to that point where you're you know you're in the chair, you know more more times than not, but how do you get to that point of scaling to become a you know group practice owner? and really getting to the next level of where you wanna go. And so there's gonna be a ton of material, you know, and it's very tactical material. Uh, Perrin could probably talk about a lot more uh, eloquently than I, uh, <laughs> he's one of those East Coast guys. Uh, and he's, uh, he's, he's doing some great things over there, but there's gonna be tactical items of, you know, from my standpoint, okay, financial statements, how do we get from here to there? Why are they valuable? uh what matters in the financial statements when you're going to seek capital, um, you know, items like that. And then also, you know, tactical items of okay, you're you're trying to scale, you get to that point. Uh well, what do you do on the backside of it when you're selling down the road? So I think there's a lot out there. And then Mark is talking about I think a lot of the culture items within the practice. So he's I think he's seen and done a lot there in the marketplace and and has a lot of experience you know, coaching practices and facilitating conversations. So I think that it's just going to be a great, great content that's going to be shared uh, with a lot of speakers in a compact two, two days. So it'll be a lot of fun. And it's out here in uh, Denver uh, in early October. So the first Thursday, Friday of October, it's a quick, quick shot in the middle of the country. So if anybody is interested, um, they can go to uh, scaling from uh, a clinician to CEO, just Google that and, and you'll find it or, or just shoot me an email or give me a call. We can talk more about it.
0: Yeah, very good. So if they did want to get in touch with you or your firm, how do you want people to reach out?
1: So my uh, line, my direct line is 970-999-8932. And then my email address is shaberman at iBailey. So S H A B E R M A N at iBailey E I D E b a, i l l y dot com. So it's always a mouthful trying to. Uh, <laughs> shoot
0: we'll put that it in the email show notes. Out. Yeah. yeah,
1: there you go. Sometimes <laughs> I gotta remember good. how to spell my last name in that long uh, <laughs> 50, 50 letter line. So yeah, hey, you're a, good a numbers one. guy. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a numbers guy. I don't get into those spelling details. <laughs>
0: right, right. Well, thank you so much, Scott. Is there anything else I haven't asked you that you want to make sure we touch on before we go?
1: Uh, I think what you're doing out here is pretty cool. Getting a lot of good content out there that that lives on the internet and folks can go back and, and, and listen and, and try to get some value and some nuggets that they can take back and uh, try to share with, you know, their friends, you know, their, their colleagues and, and, you know, improve their quality of life, improve their relationships. Um, So uh, I've had a good time following you for the last, uh, last year or so um and seeing some of your 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 material that's posted out there and i think what you're doing is, is pretty neat in the industry and it's, it's super important we have the same challenges and in, in our office you know culture conversations uh <laughs> with employees and just trying to build that that strong team internally and so uh it's culture is a living breathing thing and and you can't you can't take a take a back seat to it you got it's always got to be top of mind
0: right yeah i think it's all it's just all so important you know the currency of um of your experiences is measured differently so it's all got to work together the health happiness and success you can't really have one without the other you can't really have one without the other um without feeling the pain so
1: yeah absolutely very good
0: thank you i appreciate your compliments well it was wonderful to have you on the show and i um i'm so excited about the event and i'm excited to keep talking to you more
1: likewise likewise chelsea
0: I appreciate you joining me for today's episode. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And visit dentallife.coach for access to additional coaching tools, as well as more episodes to help you create the dental life you truly desire.